I've just had the most brilliant conversation with a teacher and an occupational therapist turned business owners who are helping you modify your views and your approach to plastic. Let's hear a little bit about why this matters. My class, there's 26 children in it. All 26 children now reuse their water bottles. So they used to bring a plastic bottle to school and over the last couple of years we've sort of tried our best to, to change their opinions on that through education and allowing them really to find the facts themselves. So 26 children now bring a, a reusable bottle to my class and when I did that up that is something like 5,122 plastic bottles saved by my one class in a year. Now, times that by all the classes in the school and all the schools in the country is huge. This is season five, the great debates of our times. Season five will be centered around the great debates and we will be comparing and contrasting different viewpoints on various topics that are consuming the public discourse at present. The reason I've decided to take this approach is because we, or at least many of us, losing the skill of debate and I think this is an essential skill for us all to practice once more. I don't see how we get to the point of saving the world and saving our planet if we don't know how to discuss our differences. I also think that the solution to most of our challenges is somewhere in the spectrum of views but never at either extreme. I will be working with guests to curate the content and discuss beforehand. I will understand their positions, their areas of genius and navigate my questions around that so that the conversation is challenging and stimulating without being combative. I hope you enjoy season five of Where Ideas Launch, the Sustainable Innovation Podcast. Marie Lockwood is a teacher and the founder of Rebel Vibes. Rebel Vibes helps you to enjoy life's little pleasures in a sustainable way. She and her mom prepare and ship home kits for those looking to start on their eco journey and pamper boxes so that you can indulge in some guilt-free pleasure on a subscription model basis. Sam Pittman is an occupational therapist and the co-founder of EcoEssex, an online community supporting you on your eco-journey. Hi, Maureen. Hi, Sam. It's great to have you both on Where Ideas Launch. Thank you for having us. Yeah, lovely to be here. (laughs) Wonderful to have you both. So I'm going to start with the truth. So I feel guilty every week when I take my trash out and it's full of both recycling and landfill waste still. Even with my greatest efforts to look at things in my kitchen, look at things in my bathroom, I'm still producing a significant amount of of waste to landfill. And and even just buying a lot of plastics that are single use in some cases because I can't seem to find another option or it's just not a convenient option. Um, Why do you think it's so hard for people who care about the planet to give up their comforts? And what can help us take the next step? That's to you, Sam. I think there's so many reasons why we don't want to make those changes. And I think some of it is generations and generations of lifestyle. Like you can't just change that overnight. You know, our parents' generation, the way they were brought up, the way they brought up, you can't change that overnight. And I think however many years it takes to for us to have been moulded in this way, it's going to take time to mould us back out of that way. Um, But also I think there's so many things about our lifestyle that are just easy and convenient. And the lifestyle we have now, you know, in Western society is so consumer-based. But, you know, we're we're driven to also think that things make us happy. 
So if we buy things that'll make us happy, which it does for the short term, right? But it doesn't doesn't give us long-term joy, but that's what we believe. And so we believe that these things give us comfort and that we need them. And actually it's really hard to give up that when that's almost what you've been led to believe. I need these things in my life. I think the other thing as well is it can be scary. So even if you want to change your comforts, sometimes it's easy, well, it is, it's easier to conform with others, isn't it? Always is, it's easy to conform than it is to actually stand up to what you believe in and be the odd one out. Um, So I think there's so many challenges that we have to face in order to make these changes. What do you think was the, the simplest steps for you to take when you made your initial changes? I know with a family as well, you know, it, it changes the game a lot. So there's a lot more things that you need to balance and juggle. I think being realistic and not aiming for perfection. So, for example, when I did cloth nappies, I use cloth nappies in all of my children. But I won't ever say that I use cloth nappies 100% of the time because it came with its own challenges and I didn't want to go out and like have to carry loads of cloth nappies that are bigger it's just loads of there's reasons there's more washing you know with twins I had enough washing to do I did not want more washing so you know rather than us thinking that we have to be black and we have or we have to be white it's okay just to do your best so I say I use cloth nappies I don't know maybe 75 percent of the time and that's all I could manage and it's the same with anything. It's almost like, you know, being vegan as well. Like, amazing if you can be that dedicated to being fully, fully vegan. And I'm not there yet. I'm not at that stage of my own journey, but I'm trying to eat vegan most of the time. But so I think as well, if you can be realistic and not have to aim for perfectionism, that would be really a really good goal. So, Marie, tell me a bit about Rebel Vibes, because I invited you to the show because I really like the idea of what you're doing and I want to get into what was behind starting this brand for you how you came up with the idea how you decided to do it so I'll just um, like to start by saying I totally agree with Miss Sam starting to make changes any way that you can and being realistic with them is absolutely uh, one of the most fundamental things you can do because I am not a perfectionist and I don't I don't want to come on here and portray myself as somebody that is absolutely plastic free because I'm certainly not I'm not there either and it's convenient at times and in a busy lifestyle that's sometimes it's what takes over I did start Rebel Vibes because of a frustration that I um, was becoming more and more aware of during lockdown there was a huge rise in subscription boxes and probably like Sam said because you you wanted to make yourself feel good and you bought something nice that you can go out the house you know you, you did something to make yourself feel better and getting something nice delivered through the post was, was great um, if that's what you wanted to do but I was getting more and more frustrated because so many subscription boxes I was seeing online were absolutely filled with single-use plastic waste from the packaging of them and the contents of them and I was actually discussing it with my mum and we were saying you know why are people not looking for something different? So we decided at that point that actually, okay, we had an idea. Why were we just going to keep discussing it? Why didn't we do something about it? Because if somebody else can start a business up and get lots of sales for all this plastic waste, why can't we do the same for something that's more sustainable? And really that is where Rebel Vibes started. 
the name itself, which chose rebel um, as in rebellion. So rebellion against plastic waste, particularly single use plastic waste. And the logo was really created because we live in a very rural location. We're very close to the sea. We're surrounded by the forests, lots of pine forests, heather moorlands, um, things like that. So the logo, we wanted something that sort of represented us where we come from and therefore that's that's where where our actual logo came from but we we do want to provide an alternative i i think getting a gift box through the post is a great idea getting a sustainable gift box is an even better idea i absolutely agree i think that receiving any any box anything in the mail that's not a bill <laughs> it brings a lot of excitement right it, exactly it just, it just generates a lot of a lot of positive energy and and to have something that's actually useful that's not going to make you feel guilty is really important yeah. because what I tend to to get like people still like giving gifts you know and giving gifts is a nice idea but you know when you get you know the 50th bot tiny bottle of cream that you're you're never going to use you know you're going to just lose it in your handbag again um you know versus you know getting a, a little package that's biodegradable that you can plant some seeds you know <laughs> something like this it just changes completely how you feel about that box so yeah. so what's inside your subscription box what's the potential impact to someone like me who wants to sort of cut waste overall tell, tell me about your box okay so we have two different boxes um, um we started off with the pamper box so inside that is a, a range of different products they are bath products beauty products body creams soaps shampoo bars something nice maybe like a nice um scented body wash but everything inside the box is single-use plastic free it's also bought from other small businesses, so it's sourced from within the UK to try to limit the carbon footprint that we have. And also most of the bottles, for example, uh, the body wash, for example, is a glass bottle, so they're reusable. They, I reuse mine for lots of different things. I would totally say the anything that can be reused is, is included in it. So the boxes, we reuse the boxes for for school and um, so I'm a school teacher as well as business owner so I have a couple of people at school also that, that buy our boxes and we use them and we use them at school for lots of storage and things such as that the other box is a new one it is it's, it started out to be an eco sort of box where each month would be something different and this is where Sam comes in so I met Sam just through my group on Facebook and we got chatting and we decided that Sam would be a really good addition to the box. And she was going to be able to provide people with the sort of educational side of things, the tips and um, useful hints. She runs her own group successfully. And we thought that that would be a, a really good twist on a, on a different type of box. So in the home boxes are a range of different sustainable products that you might have as an easy swap for essential items and they are really um, things that you would use in every day like scrubbing brushes, reusable kitchen rolls, things that you might be able to make a, a really useful equal swap with. They are going to change okay so we we don't want to be in a situation where we're recreating lots and lots of waste and I think I've quickly learned that actually although the idea behind our box 
it was a really good one to start with. It needs to evolve into something better. So instead of having our original idea, which was going to be a different box per month, um, starting with like a kitchen box and then maybe a bathroom focus, um, we're going to change it to actual home kits. So you have a starter kit and Sam will still be a part of that box where this kit will set somebody up for um for an eco journey so you're going to be able to get a box delivered which will have lots of different sustainable options it'll be ideal for if you maybe for example if you're moving house or you're getting your first house it could be um, ideal for a student or somebody that wants to start out on a more sustainable journey um, so that's the way that we're going and by doing that also it limits um, any unnecessary waste because we don't want to be adding to people's purchases and buying multiples of other things when actually we're trying to to do the opposite. Yeah and are we allowed to kind of pick and choose what goes into a box every month like is that an option? At the minute it's not but it is something that I am looking into because what I would eventually like to do is have a selection whereby you can decide whether or not you need certain items. Things such as, I mean, I have just recently, I've started changing as I go. My plastic scrubbing brush that I've had for a long time is out, but not until it was needing to be put out um, and now I've got my more sustainable option so things like that so yes eventually we would like to give all um, options for people to use and choose what they need. And Sam what is your contribution to the box so I know that there aren't many people probably listening to this show who are used to subscription boxes like this they're probably used to maybe who gives a crap so they will order their toilet paper and it will arrive every four months or six months or whatever or maybe they're used to Gusto or HelloFresh to to order some food but what is your contribution from a service perspective to this box and how does that work? Well, I mean, I kind of say to people, I'm in the box. (laughs) Um, I don't have a product in the box because I don't sell products, but I sell myself in the way that I want to support people. I have learned from my own journey and from supporting others and observing others that making these changes, because they are lifestyle changes, and this is about gaining huge lifestyle information to change the way you think about life and you know the way we live there's so much to it that actually can feel overwhelming and and daunting for people and and you know that anxiety of like I do want to do something but I don't know where to start and I I don't really have anybody else to talk to about this because you know none of my family are like I care about these issues and so my aim is to support people through mentoring whether that's one-to-one mentoring if they want that tailored support I I come from an occupational therapy background you see so I'm very much used to working with people on a one-to-one basis in order to help people reach their goals but um, at the moment I offer monthly mentoring sessions which is an idea that I came up with last year and I wanted to offer that each month because it's a more affordable option for people because money is you know money is important for people you know especially at the moment so the idea is that I can provide support, um, tips, as well as giving people a community. And I think I've learned so much over the recent years about how important it is to feel part of and feel connected to other like-minded people. And I try and keep the vibe positive because this isn't a happy topic. 
climate change is not a happy topic, but I very much try and keep it as lighthearted as I can when it comes to making sure people end with an action. You know, let's think of something positive you can do and maybe let's let's just re- let's maybe reflect on something positive you have done this month because actually we can always go, oh, I didn't do very well at that and I still use loads of plastic and I still use my car. But again, that's negative and that's not helpful. So I try and keep it positive and as down to earth and as straightforward as possible. Like I'm not into complicated words and things. I just want to make it useful for people that are starting out on their eco journey, really. That's perfect. And I want to touch on something that you kind of brought up but didn't fully. So you you both collaborating on this. And what I, what I want to say is that a lot of times when you decide to take this journey, whether it be in your personal life or in a business decision, like like you both have made business decisions around this as well, it can feel quite lonely. And the decision fatigue, the the need to be in integrity with what you're selling and promoting and stuff like that can can really be daunting. How important is it to have a collaborator? Let me start with Marie. Really important, I would say. I have learned so much from Sam. So I knew a lot of things beforehand. I was really passionate about what I wanted to do. I had a clear idea about why I wanted to do it. And then Sam came along like a breath of fresh air and really made me think personally about my own life and what I was doing in it, but also through my business. Um, so Sam's really helped me a lot. Um, she's given me sort of a direction. Uh, almost like she's been my personal mentor on this journey as well. Um, I've joined her groups. Um, I know exactly where she's coming from. I know what she does and how friendly and approachable she is. And I knew exactly that she was definitely the right person to collaborate with. We're on exactly the same wavelength. And I feel like she's somebody that offers a real good balance to 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 our business. And. Um- and Sam, for you, what has it been like? Well, again, like Marie said, I think when you find somebody you share values with and you know you can bounce ideas off each other and support each other, it's really nice because, I mean, I sit at home for hours a week on my own, on my computer, and I'm, I've got so many ideas, I don't know where to start, <laughs> you know, and you, yeah, like you said, decision fatigue. It's like, and so actually the idea of having somebody to share those decisions with and to have conversations with and bounce ideas with people is really lovely. And not just just not to feel alone. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, of course there's financial benefits if you if you have a successful business, but I don't even think that's why most people do it. It's because we just generally want to make as big an impact as possible. So, you know, you widen your audience, don't you? You, you know, you can support more people. So I think it's win-win really. Absolutely. So, Marie, I'm going to go back to you. And in terms of the reception of your boxes so far, what has been the positive sort of feedback and reinforcements in people's behavioural changes that you've seen? We have had some really, really lovely positive feedback. Um, Lots of people have commented to say how excited they are when they receive our box. Now, they really look forward to it coming each month because they don't know what's going to be in it, but they know whatever's going to be in it is going to be something that's going to um, help a little bit with either self-care or um, with the other boxes. It would obviously help with the sort of lifestyle choices. They also 
I hope anyway that our boxes inspire people and educate them in some way, shape or form, whether or not it's through Sam involvement in her mentoring sessions or whether or not it just makes them think, you know, I didn't try that before. Maybe, maybe I should try this one now because everybody's everybody's learning. I'm learning on the journey as much as everybody else is. I'm still finding different choices that I can I can use. I'm still trialing out different products and I'm finding which ones work best for me. So I think it's, I'm hoping anyway, that our boxes are educating, inspiring and giving a little glimmer of something nice in amongst our busy lives, really. You know, it starts with a spark, right? That's that's what everyone everyone really says. And mm-hmm. and when you light that fire, it 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 ripples. It ripples after a while. Yeah. It's it's similar to me starting this journey where ideas launch as a as a podcast. Uh, when I started it, my aim was to sort of influence my friends, if I'm being honest. Like I I come from a big corporate background, and you know, all of my friends work in companies who actually have the power to make change, but probably aren't necessarily as passionate about the change. And I wanted to sort of nudge them, right? That that was my idea behind the podcast, to kind of nudge them, let them see that there's, there's possibility, not just from a technical standpoint in terms of, you know, what the great thinkers are doing and from a business perspective as well, but also small entrepreneurs, small businesses, people who are just fed up and deciding to do something about it like yourselves. And, and I think that I didn't know it immediately because, you know, the initial feedback was great, but then I was like, oh, maybe people aren't listening as much. It's not as big as other podcasts. But today is like, even though it's still a very niche podcast, you know, I have such good feedback. Like the quality of the feedback has just improved and improved. People are really excited to hear these stories and, and you know, they're really engage in what I'm doing and it doesn't matter what level they are right from from the CEOs to to someone who is you know just picking up um, a business for the first time everyone's excited about what the story and the message is so I think definitely you have to keep going you have to keep going and you have to to find more ways to collaborate and interact with with as many business owners and people as possible so I'm going to switch to another question now and there's there are many who like to challenge the idea of the sustainable straw and the sustainable toothbrush. So let's explore this a little bit. So I've seen the documentaries of you know the straws and in uh, you know in a turtle's a turtle's throat and you know getting stuck uh, etc. Yet we know that straws aren't the biggest problem in the ocean right like the, the the actual biggest problem in the ocean is probably the fishing nets mm-hmm. if we really think about it like that or even the, yeah. the way that we fish the way that commercial fishing is done or if we look at things like the toothbrush typically we still got plastic in the in the bristles right there's still there's still something nothing that we can yet do about that so what are your thoughts about putting these products together and, and transitioning to sustainable products even knowing that you know, it's not it's not fully there. What what are your thoughts on that? I have two views. It's like do the stuff that's really easy, that's not gonna stress you out and overwhelm you, but also actually don't stress about all the little things, just do something really useful. Yeah. You know, I I, I see it in two ways as well. I, I see that making these small changes is symbolic as well. So this is one of the things, one of the reasons I'm excited about Marie's box. It's like this is a symbolic 
I am making a shift. And every time I go to the bathroom and I see this wooden toothbrush or I see my soap dish that's now, you know, there with its little loofah to absorb some of the soap droppings so that I can reuse that soap that drops off the, the soap bar. You know, every time I see these things, it's a reminder of what I've committed to and having them as things that you deal with every day reminds you of that commitment every day. So it's it's not just about the item itself. It's about what the item represents. I don't know if you, you share that, Marie. Yeah, absolutely. And in my sort of opinion, I think that all change, if it's a positive change, is better than no change at all. As I've said before, I'm also a teacher. So through education-wise, we we are really keen to try to turn that sort of tide on the use of plastic with, with children that we have in our own classes. So anything that we can actually have an impact with. So for example, um, my class, there's 26 children in it. And I added up the other day that all 26 children now reuse their water bottles so they used to bring a plastic bottle to school and over the last couple of years we've sort of tried our best to, to change their opinions on that through education and uh, allowing them really to find the facts themselves so 26 children now bring a, a reusable bottle to my class and when I added that up that is something like 5,122 plastic bottles saved by my one class in a year now times that by all the classes in the school and all the schools in the country is huge mm. absolutely massive so in my opinion one small change as long as it's a change for the good is better than nothing and I think I always like to go back there's a quote that says I am only one said mm. seven billion people yeah I love that quote. um and I think that is absolutely spot on hits a nail on the head I think well, I think what I like about that, Marie, is that you've not just inspired like one person though, you've inspired all that whole class, and I'm guessing your whole school and yes. all of those families. And that's almost where it's bigger, isn't it? Because you can start with one thing. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, if I just do that but never yeah. talk about it, I'm not gonna have a huge impact. But when one person does it, it times your whole school, yeah. and then that those children have inspired all of their parents and all those families, end up right. having this bigger effect. Yeah, and children are sometimes the best people to pressure parents yeah, at home yeah. um, because they nag at you um, and they tell you why you should change it and they're very honest and they, they show you the facts and the figures mm. and they make you feel a bit guilty. So you, you, you tend to want to change. So at the minute, as well um, as my own class, which um, they are really on board with everything, um, I've also got another school further down the country who's also starting out on a plastic free schools journey and um, so we're going to do a little bit of collaboration hopefully mm -hmm. so it will spread uh, and that that's it that's the bigger picture um that we'll join the plastic free schools um program and we'll we'll try and get our message out as, across to as many people as, as possible but i almost think for most people that's almost the obvious starting point isn't it of like to get them on board is actually making those simple steps because they are easy and yeah, like again yeah. your subscription kit that you're going to have like it's just easy there's almost no excuse yeah. to do it because you're you're taking all the pressure off and it's easy yeah. to do that no that's that's awesome i, I want to switch now to sort of regulation so i'm going to tell a story before before i comment on this on this regulatory change 
So I've been in London last couple of weeks, uh, cat sitting for a friend of mine and in an area where, you know, the families are, are well off. I saw at the schools, at the schools in the neighborhood, all the cars that were pulling up were Teslas. Now, <laughs> one of the reasons I think that is, is that, you know, London has recently introduced this ultra low emission zone. So you have this additional charge. You still have the congestion tracks. So there's loads of, of charges now for having a car, for driving around a car. And that has prompted a wide scale change and switch to, to electric cars. So this is why a lot of the mums in this neighborhood are now driving these electric cars. Now, there's a lot of debates. And, you know, I have a, I have a friend who's been on this podcast who, who really talks about the sustainable mobility transition. And we can argue that, you know, maybe they don't need a car they can just walk with their kids um and perhaps that would have been a better switch but knowing that people have these hard encoded habits then perhaps electric vehicles are a nice interim shift and regulation that supports that preserves the economy and and also um promotes uh, the better the better behaviors for the planet now, we know that the UN has recently reviewed its environment program and recently passed a resolution to deal with plastics throughout its life cycle. So forcing companies to sort of deal with their plastic throughout the, the life of the product. Um, how do you see this impacting how business is done today? I think that it's a really good thing that's happened, actually. I think that it's going to make um, a lot more businesses accountable and a lot more transparent because at the end of the day, we've reached a point in, in this time where it's actually at crisis level. It's, it's gone beyond what is ever going to be acceptable. And if something doesn't happen now, then there's going to be a disaster that's, that's looming ahead of us, really. I mean, I was looking at facts and figures just a few days ago, and even though I knew how bad the plastic production is for our planet, when you actually look into the facts and figures of it, it's absolutely astounding. And the more worrying thing is the forecast and the predictions for what it might become. So, for example, I think it was uh, 400 million tonnes of plastic produced at the minute, but its potential is to, to double by 2040 if nothing was to happen and given that at the minute we have a huge problem with plastic pollution entering the seas I think something desperately needed doing so I, I think as much as for some businesses it might be a struggle to make that shift I think really in realistic terms it's the only way forward because we're, we're, we're heading for a disaster otherwise. And Sam your views? One of the things I'm realising is that small businesses especially don't necessarily see how sustainability is relevant to them if they're not in um they're not selling the toothbrushes or the electric cars it's almost like they can't relate to it it's not relevant to their business so i you know the more we can do to enforce businesses to do things and follow these policies i mean we have to like marie said we, it's kind of we can't be gentle anymore you know yes it is going to have impacts for business but I almost see it as no choice now. We have to, these changes have to happen and businesses have to take responsibility for products. You know, the fact that like only 9% of plastic that can be recycled is actually recycled, recycled. It's like, that's a crazy figure. Like that, that, that's not, that's not on. Like in theory, like no plastic ever needs to be virgin produced again. We have enough plastic to make everything. So yeah, I, I agree. The businesses have to start doing more now. 
Okay, so I'm going to move to rapid fire questions to to sort of close this out. Oh no! So I'm gonna I'm gonna alternate between between both of you, and I did not prepare you for this. So <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Marie. So my rapid fire question to you is: What's the most transformational uh, sustainability book you've read? Oh my goodness, you've really put me in the spot now because my memory is shocking at the best of times. To be honest, you know, I I don't read books as such, I read online documents and probably one of the one of the ones that really hits home to me is one from the United Nations. Um it's called Pollution to it's no Pollution to Solution. And that is full of really good information facts and figures that support everything that's really behind my business everything that I strive to try to do and it really hits home at why every business needs to change not just me as a small business but huge businesses everybody you know it's our responsibility it's everybody's responsibility because we've all created we're all we've we've all created waste we all do continue to create waste and Sam moving to you What's your favourite documentary and why? Oh, documentary. Ah, oh, the one that sticks in my mind the most um, that I've probably watched in the last months is Seaspiracy. Yeah, I was going to say because, the same. Um, I mean, it was a bit controversial and there was criticisms after it came out, but, you know, there's going to be, isn't there? There's always something that's going to say something negative about these shocking facts. I, I've never actually eaten fish because I have a, a, some kind of random phobia thing. But um, <laughs> if I did... I would never have been able to eat fish again after watching that. And I like, um, Catherine, you said something earlier about actually the biggest pollution in the sea is actually not the plastic straws, it's the fishing nets. And actually the devastation from fishing nets, I just never under, I never knew. And that was a real, real eye opener. Yeah, I actually cried after watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was horrible in a really shocking way, but one that I needed to listen to. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Marie, what's your greatest lesson? in this whole journey my greatest lesson is probably to not strive for perfection but to know that actually doing something is better than doing nothing and knowing that what I am doing is as good as I can do at this minute in time and that is okay it's that it's you you don't need to be perfect Mm. um you know we all have our flaws and but we're all trying to learn as we go and we, we do what we can and Sam, what's your biggest dream? Oh, my biggest dream. Oh, wow. Well, obviously, just to reverse climate change completely, obviously, um, my dream would be if we could keep under this 1.5 degree, um, you know, heat rise would be amazing. But um, if I looked at more personal dreams, my role would be about actually feeling like I actually have making a big impact in within Essex and beyond which is a subjective goal which I don't know if I can ever achieve because <laughs> I can't measure it but yeah my dream is to have real real impact in Essex to make differences to individuals and businesses to be more sustainable. Wonderful ladies so tell my listeners how they can connect with you let's start with Marie. Um, so you can find me on Instagram under um, Rebel Vibes or via Facebook um, or you can alternatively can go on and have a little look at my website, www.rebelvibes.co.uk. 
And that's V-Y-B-S for vibes. It is. It's slightly different. So it's R-E-B-Y-L-B-Y-B-E-S. We had to be very careful when we were looking into trademarks. Yeah. <laughs> and you just wanted to be a rebel and spell rebel wrong. We just wanted exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam? Yep. Yeah, so, um, yep. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, um, EcoSX. Wonderful. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming on the show. I know it's late at night. We had to get the kids to bed before before we did this. Um, thanks so much for spending this time with me. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This podcast is brought to you today by the brand new Women in Sustainable Business Awards that kicks off in 2023. If you're a business owner who's starting a business with principles of sustainability in mind and you want to preserve some lost skills, some handcrafting, artisanal work, or you're a social media manager supporting purpose-driven brands, or you're creating fashion or something that is relevant to the sustainability and green transformation, you are more than welcome to join us and to get involved in these awards. Check out our group on Facebook, Women in Sustainable Business, or follow the podcast where ideas launch on Instagram to find out more.